You know what I hate? When your social media pops up with a summer vacation pic from like five years ago and it's great memories, but then, ugh, when did the wrinkles and the bags around the eyes show up? Delete, delete. Well, not this summer. How about no more pop-up pics with deep wrinkles, fine lines, and bags under the eyes? And I'm not talking about surgery. I'm talking about Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags, all in the comfort of your home in minutes. Plexiderm goes on clear, lasts for hours, so nobody will know your secret. I tried it and I look like me, just younger, healthier, better rested. The results will blow you away. Get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer in the mirror and in photos. Go to tryplexiderm.com and use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. Or try a $14.95 trial pack today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention code VOICES. Again, visit tryplexiderm.com and use code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or a $14.95 95 trial pack when you use code VOICES. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, welcome, good morning, hello, and how are you? And I um, I can feel, feel the tension in the air about the suggestion, you know, that uh, the... Uh, the president, I think, is actively right now um, choosing Amy Coney Barrett as his choice, a, a judge of, who has been on the bench for three years. Um, so obviously the cries that uh, Obama was unqualified to be president um, are, are a little hollow, it would seem. Um, Amy Coney Barrett, um, a, a favorite of the religious conservatives of the world, those that you know, I guess on the evangelical side that um, aren't anti-Catholic in their own belief system, uh, they they seem to vacillate quite heavily depending on what portion of the, uh, what what area of the religious spectrum you end up on. In the case of Amy Coney Barrett, I I think there are, I think the first thing to address to everyone listening to the sound of my voice is that the choice, um, beg your pardon, the choice to put Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court was not made this week or um, a month ago or even, quite frankly, um, a, you know, a year ago when Ruth Bader Ginsburg's cancer seemed to elevate and they were looking to fill that seat. The seat that Amy Coney Barrett is in a position to take over, um, the decision to allow her to sit in that seat was made on election night 2016 by the people who voted for Donald Trump and the people who did not vote or voted for an alternative to Hillary Clinton. This fight about uh, RBG's seat is one that was actually fought years ago. And let that be a constant reminder to us that when it comes to legislation, when it comes to judicial appointments, when it comes to the rights of your fellow human beings... The fights that seem crucial right this minute that are boiling over and um, are inflamed or are looking like they are, you know, there will be a a crucial loss on the battlefield of ideas, as it were, um, are not the fight of today. They are the fight of years ago. And what that should teach everyone is that the next Amy Coney Barrett that gets on the Supreme Court is being lined up in in preparation for Donald Trump getting another four years or the next Republican who is president. This this fight um, was fought years ago. It does not mean it's over. There are obvious, obviously legislative actions that some Democrats can take to try and slow the roll, or there may be votes of conscience. All that stuff, though, 
is absolutely out of the hands of voters at this point. If you give a road raging drunk the keys to the car you're sitting in the back seat of, you are responsible for what happens, not they. And in the, this is and should be a motivator more than anything else um, to vote um, and to make sure your vote is counted. If you are voting by mail and you have a plan to vote by mail, my message to you is do it as soon as you can so that any delays put forth by DeJoy will not affect your ballot. If you can drop it off at an election polling place or an actual physical location, do so. Um, That message has to spread far and wide. Because this election is not about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat on the Supreme Court. That was the last election. This one is about every other seat on the Supreme Court going forward. And an ongoing lesson that you do not shrug off the importance of voting or participation or activity in a, in a voting cycle and you do not allow, you know, purity tests or abstract thoughts about the way things should be interfere with your daily progress towards actual tangible goals uh, that aid your fellow human beings. I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm, I'm sorry to have to say this to you. And I and many of you have heard me say this before or something similar. But you need to know this. The fight that's going on in this election cycle is not about RBG's seat. That was the last one. What the lesson of someone like Amy Coney Barrett ending up taking RBG's seat is you don't allow that to happen. You uh, you work and strive every single time. And if anybody tells you that there's no, you know, I don't know what the difference. I don't know what the difference is really in uh, between the parties, you know, two there are two legs in the same pair of pants. I just don't I'm really not motivated to, you know, because I just that person that's running, even though I'm for their entire platform, I just, you know, it's it's a it's a lot to ask. Um, that, that person who speaks like that, who thinks like that, who votes flippantly like that, that's the person that is putting Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court, not Donald Trump, not Mitch McConnell, not Ted Cruz, not Tom Cotton, not, uh, William Barr. In a democracy, it is always on us. And not playing seriously when it deals with these things and then being shocked when uh, it looks like uh, this, there's every possibility that this woman could be put on the Supreme Court and judge the Affordable Care Act kicking 24 million Americans off their insurance um, in the middle of a pandemic while the president issues executive orders that are effectively memos about what would be nice, what most people like would happen to healthcare, but that legally have no impact whatsoever and will not benefit anyone. You know, this is the lesson of democracy. And this is why, you know, the the Russians uh, and to some lesser degree, the Chinese and the North Koreans attack it worldwide on social media, pitting sides against each other, watering down the vote, making people feel disenfranchised or demoralized. That's the goal. To stop or slow participation to the point where um, you 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 starve the beast. um, In their estimation. 
Other than that, I have no opinion. Welcome to the show. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, AM 820. Uh, WCPT820.com is, of course, the website. Tonight, it's uh, Sexy Liberal 4, Sexy Liberal uh, Comedy Virtual Tour. Um, we are doing our fourth show tonight. Um, very excited about these pieces. I had a rather exhausting week. Yesterday was my birthday, and I had to get all my stuff done before then, and it was a lot. Um, but I, uh, if, if the other pieces from the other folks are any indication and the work I put in are any indication, it's going to be a great show. So, uh, get your tickets for tonight at sexyliberal.com. Get them now. It'll, it'll, it's good for what ails you. It's a, you know, laughter is incredibly important at times like these. Um, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It, um, do, during this break, I want you to. Think about what your plan is for voting and let me know. 773-763-9278. Fully true. Welcome back. So it is it is a official, I guess. Um, the president's pick was leaked Friday night. Um, uh, you know, before he's he's planning his announcement this morning or this early this afternoon east coast time and and then he has a rally tonight where i'm sure he will um say something embarrassing about his own pick and uh sweat and flail and drone on and uh manically um insist that without him america will die um he is he is counting on this um to invigorate invigorate evangelicals and the like to support his campaign thinking that the um that the right to life issue on on their side is the primary voting driver uh on on that side of the political spectrum and that by putting a a hyper religious conservative on the supreme court that that in and of itself will answer why they voted for him in the first place and why they should again um I mean, there's obviously a caveat to that, and is, there is no guarantee that all the senators, uh, that Republican senators, will vote for her, vote for confirmation. There is entirely, it's entirely possible that someone John McCain's this thing at the last minute. Um, it may be a you know a, a roundabout by uh, Mitt Romney or something like that, but it is the very fact that we have to even imagine or count on a moment like that happen that shows the failings of the long-term strategies um, that a lot of voters and citizens have about the state of their country and how much they take it for granted. Um, when Every time someone talks about Roe v. Wade as, um, well, we understand that to be settled law, that means there's wiggle room. That means we're all it only stays functional and sound as a protection as long as the people shepherding the laws through and the and the people who are, you know, legislating around it um, act as if in good faith. You know, it's like the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment was originally there because the to placate pro-life and and uh, right to life people who, you know, I mean, you have to say those things kind of in air quotes because they've been plenty pro-war. Um, and I have a hard time believing that when they were you know, talking about, you know, nuking Baghdad and turning it to glass, um, that that the assumption that there weren't any pregnant women in that city at the time kind of makes the argument fall apart as far as pro-life and right to life, as it were. And most of them are pro-death penalty as well. Um, um, but. That being said, um, certainly there there are evangelicals and and groups of those folks that will be invigorated by him putting a pro life conservative that has promised to upend Roe v. Wade. There there has been a uh, they, they that will certainly work for them. the pro, The other issue though that she and other conservatives like her have is that they are not single issue judges. And have been talking about pretty much anything anti-Obama or pro-Trump to get on the, the the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society's lists. They have to operate as a, you know, 
as a an arm of the Trump campaign on a political level. They are uh, effectively acting as sort of private legal voices for the Trump uh, agenda, which means they haven't just been talking about pro-life stuff and then being, you know, solidly, you know, anti-crime and kind of normal on everything else. One of the biggest things that uh, Amy Coney Barrett is against is, of course, the Affordable Care Act. And there is a decision before the court that will scuttle the Affordable Care Act, eliminating the protection of uh, of citizens with pre-existing conditions, uh, removing, uh, you know, re- reinstalling, I guess, the lifetime caps on insurance for people. So, um, you know, young people born with genetic disorders and the like that their parents have to uh, care for. Um, will use up all their potential insurance at some point and will never be able to get another policy. So because of their pre-existing condition, people who have had COVID and have um, the secondary, you know, long haul illnesses that go with it, lung damage, uh, kidney damage, anything, you know, uh, artery related that came from it. That's a new pre-existing condition that just came into the, the, the world this year. And will count as a pre-existing condition when you try to get insurance in the future as COVID spreads through um, and the ancillary effects of it um, for everyone are not equal or known. That will count against your ability to get insurance if you have had it and survived it. So. The, you know, being against the Affordable Care Act is one of her also primary drivers. And the, the fact that this case is coming up is part of why this scramble to produce this phony baloney, um, you know, series of executive orders, which have no legal impact, start, you know, in one case, only starting a commission, which is something that, you know, to study why, why is it that Canada and Germany get all their drugs at a cheaper rate? Well, because they have national health services that buy in bulk. You don't need a commission to know that. And the very uh, belief that the idea that the people that are on this commission wouldn't know this or that they have to look very far to figure this out um, is absurd. So and what will the answer then be of this commission? The, the answer to the, this commission will be without a single payer system functioning in the United States that would cover enough people. We can only do that through Medicare and Medicaid. Everyone else is on their own. It would not bring down drug prices and it would not provide these these drug uh, rebates or or percentage cuts to anybody but who is those who are covered by Medicare and Medicaid, which a good portion of it already does. So what 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 Trump's own commission will come back as is is unless we want to become Canada or Germany or Finland or, you know, any any of the Scandinavian countries or the UK in terms of health care, but we we can't get those those bulk discounts. That that is the that is the reason. That's that's what the commission will find out. And who are the ones blocking that very thing? Well, since Joe Biden is running on the idea that we should have a single payer option for everyone in the country, and that people 125 percent above the poverty line should be able to um, be rolled into Medicare and uh, into uh, yeah into Medicaid um, automatically or be available for a, a, a low cost version of the, of the single payer system that they want to put in. It certainly isn't the Democrats. It is the Republicans. Many of the things that Donald Trump is suggesting in his executive orders are things that the Republicans have, uh, you know, have, you know, fought when they were originally proposed in the ACA continue to fight every time they come forward. So what is, if the president himself went down to the Congress uh, with a with a negotiating team and said, we're going to negotiate my health care plan and included in it were all the things that were in his executive orders that he recently put out. It would be the very it would be the Republicans themselves that scuttled it. They would they would say no to all these things. So why why even present it? Why even pretend? Well, for political reasons. Why? Because your next Supreme Court justice that you're going to put on there is going to scuttle the Affordable Care Act and you have to pretend like you cared or you're trying to fix it, at least until after the election. 
because quite frankly, this decision will be made um, after the election when it will be effectively too late for the voter to realize that they had voted for a person who allowed this person in who scuttled their insurance and not only maybe took away their insurance, but let's say you you keep your insurance. The cost of your medical care is going to go up because part of the the biggest drag financially on the American healthcare system was uninsured people who who consumed enormous amounts of health care and could not afford it and had to declare bankruptcy. And that cost gets passed on to every other consumer. So the, the solutions, the hard work um, of the of the things that the ACA sought to deliver were fought years ago. As was the battle to get someone like Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court so that she could lean right and scuttle the whole thing. And the fight to stop the future atrocities and destructions legislatively, the, the fight to, um, I mean, the egregious lengths to which Trump will go in a second term or any Republican senator who sided with him during this time would do once they become president, presenting themselves as a, a kinder, gentler version of this is, uh, I mean, it's it, it will be shocking, even as we do not believe we can't be shocked anymore. But the battle to stop that in terms of voting, actively shutting these folks down, removing them from office um, and through a show of force in a mandate, a tidal wave of votes. Is the only thing that will convince them that this is not uh tenable behavior for the other ones that are on the edge and that will remove those that um, have been facilitating this this entire time. This is no time to be exhausted. This is no time to uh, feel overwhelmed by this. This is a time to recognize that you are protecting this, this is one of those situations where, as a voter, it, it's always like this, but there's a clear contrast, a clear, uh, you know, things are in stark relief. You can recognize that the vote you will cast this fall is the equivalent of uh, planting the tree you'll never be able to enjoy the shade of. That as a citizen, as a human being, you have a choice to reinforce democracy um, by by voting, frankly, for Joe Biden against Donald Trump, whatever gets you to the polls. To recognize that this isn't a shrug election, this isn't there is no lack of inspiration in this situation. And if you need to be inspired, I I, um, I, I suggest you go rewatch all the uh, stories of people pre-ACA or the people who got in insurance under the Affordable Care Act, um, how they're, they're still alive now because they got that coverage. Those people being alive. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Works Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, and WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Um, we're also the House Works Radio Podcast, Mega Worldwide, on sexyliberal.com. While you're there, get a ticket for the Sexy Liberal Show tonight. How about that? Ever thought of finding your family tree? There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great-grandma as a little girl. Whatever you find, it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA tests deliver such a unique interactive experience. 
Start exploring your family story today. Head to our URL at Ancestry.com slash liberal to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash liberal. Now let's get back with House Parks radio program, Mega Worldwide. I insist. So um, uh, in the chat room, a couple of people brought up um, how they're going, what their plan for voting is. And the primary one I see a lot of, um, which is very reassuring, is that people are going to, they got, they got their mail-in ballots and they're going to fill them out and drop them off uh, at a, at the county clerk's office or at a, um, a drop-off point that they've, that their state has provided. This is not difficult in a first world country. There are our postal system and the underlying electoral system can handle all these ballots. The illusion that Donald Trump can you imagine? OK, so one of the things that Donald Trump likes to say repeatedly is that the cupboards were bare. Remember this? The cupboards were bare. He came in and the cupboards were bare. The, talking about the national stockpile with, that had ventilators and, and certain drugs. The cupboards were bare, according to Donald Trump. Now, first and foremost, they absolutely were not. We had somewhere in the order of six million tons of of drugs and PPE and ventilators and replacement hoses and all this extra stuff just in case it's, you know, the, the stockpile gets replenished all the time. What is shocking is that Donald Trump would say when he came in, the cupboards were bare. And now he's bragging about putting ventilators in the in the stockpile now, now in the middle of a pandemic. Just let the ones there rot and then replace them at the last second because, you know, you're not planning ahead. So the 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 brag by Donald Trump that he that the cupboards were bare when he came in and him making that brag, you know, or, or that complaint three and a half years into his presidency, says to you and to all Trump voters, it would seem that this man left the cupboards bare for three and a half years and only deals with things by throwing money at them, your money, taxpayer money at them at the last minute instead of planning ahead. This is how this is how he operates this is how he's run his company his entire time. And if it doesn't work, you know, if if Puerto Rico doesn't like him and he doesn't feel like uh, paying for the damage done by Hurricane Maria, um, then then we'll, he'll just sell off Puerto Rico like a like the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. He'll collapse it like a casino, It'll declare sections of the country bankrupt. You know, we wouldn't have all these debts if we didn't count New York. His home city, you don't count the dead in his home city, then what dead are there? I mean, it's basically nobody. So the fact that the president brags about this whole, you know, the cupboards were bare and, you know, he left them that way for three and a half years, uh, you know, also should be fairly stark when he talks about how the, the United States of America and its mail system and its electoral system cannot handle carrying out an election by mail in a pandemic when he's in charge of the damn thing. How is this a brag? This is something you can get away with saying when you're a Fox News host or a Fox News pundit. And you can say all that you can crap talk the United States um, and its capacity under a president you don't like. But as the president who's in charge of all this stuff, if the United States of America cannot conduct a, an, an election in almost any circumstances with the wealth that is available to us, then there is no other answer than an, a, an, ex, an extraordinary weakness of leadership. Every time Donald Trump says... Mail-in ballots can't be trusted. They're just going to be forged. Somebody can stuff, but which they can't. But they're, they're going to stuff all these ballots. They're throwing them out. You can't trust any of the system. He's in charge of that system. And it, he didn't just become president. He's been in there for years. They, uh, they lost the midterm in a lot of ways 
And and he didn't complain about this part of it then and go after shoring up our electoral system because he was convinced of fraud. Only when it comes to him does he suddenly care about this. But then only when he's losing by seven to ten points. And what money is going to be spent both, um, you know, having to fix the problems that DeJoy created on purpose. And 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 also what efforts are what people are going to be paid by the federal government to go down and intimidate voters and and mess with the systems themselves. Your your tax dollars will also pay for that. Of course, he doesn't care where the cash is coming from or where it's going. It's absurd. But the, the striking thing that keeps coming back is that this president is responsible for all the things that are failing and yet and has been for years. And still acts as though it, it is still running as an outsider instead of an incumbent. The fact that this president has to still run as um, an out, you know, an outside the beltway non-politician shows more of the abject failure of him as a leader in this than anything. If the United States can't handle an election during a pandemic where a, a vast majority of people need to mail in their ballots because of a fear of a contagion that may, uh, while it might not hurt them personally, it may cause them to carry a disease to someone else that it may kill and they don't want to be responsible for the deaths of their grandparents or their friends or the 0.1% of children who die of this. They don't want it to be their fault. They want to take every precaution they can. The fact that the United States supposedly can't handle this, which of course we can, but the idea that he puts forward that we can't handle this is his failure. It's his fault. So, Story out of Pennsylvania that Bill Barr brings this story to Donald Trump about some ballots that were thrown out. Nine ballots that were thrown in the garbage. And uh, they were all Trump voters. And the nine Trump votes get thrown out. And this is an indication of the massive fraud, the election shifting fraud that will be going on. This story uh you know, he mentions it in multiple rallies, in multiple interviews, Fox and Friends, Sean, on Sean Hannity's show. These nine votes are an indicative are indicative of nationwide a trend of fraud. Then we find out of those nine, seven were Trump votes, the two others weren't. And why were they thrown out? When we find out why they were, th- were they thrown out because the, the poll person didn't like Donald Trump or that they are a, a Biden supporter or that they, you know, they're they're a foreign agent working to make sure that, you know, because they work for China, that they're going to make sure that he doesn't get in because it, 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 China hates him, apparently, even though he gives them everything they want. No, they, they got thrown out because they didn't include the privacy envelope inside. They are what is called naked ballots. Naked ballots are the are the ballots people put in their envelope, but they don't put the privacy envelope inside of it so that you can't see who voted for what through the envelope so that you make sure that as it's traveling through the mail system, that somebody can't hold it up to the light and go, here's a this is there's a Biden one. I'm going to throw that one in the garbage or, or, you know, drop it on the floor until it's too late. So you put that privacy one. So they all get through no matter what the postal workers uh, political slant is. So, uh, so these did not include the, the privacy envelope. Now, Donald Trump has talked about suing Pennsylvania and suing Nevada and other states over mail-in ballots. And specifically in Pennsylvania, the suit that they are filing is to insist The Trump campaign is suing to make sure that ballots, that naked ballots without their privacy envelope will not be counted. 
If Donald Trump wins the lawsuit they have put forward in Pennsylvania, those nine ballots that he's talking about that were thrown out specifically, they they use the word discarded because they want you to think they were thrown on the floor or found somewhere. They were they were denied and thrown out. That if Donald Trump wins his case in Pennsylvania, those nine ballots would not count. The fate of those nine ballots would be assured and not debatable. There would be no hanging Chad aspect of whether or not they should be counted. If Donald Trump wins, naked ballots will not be counted in Pennsylvania. That's about 100,000 expected uh, ballots. By the way, there is no um, belief that they will, you know, that the the 900, the 100,000 that get thrown out will actually benefit Trump. They just know that if they can bring the numbers down overall, it will lower the Biden mandate in the state. Um, we got to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about the COVID spikes in this country. There's an alarming situation where 22 states are seeing a rise. Some of them are uh, have gotten a lot of attention lately for a specific reason. And it's it, it's not it's tied to why they're having a spike, but not that we're having it, that they're having a spike. We'll be back right after this. Chris, you know what I hate? What? I haven't been able to go on vacation. I haven't left the house. So I've been on my social media and I'm seeing all these pictures from like the past come up. And I realized, oh, my God. I look tired. Like there's wrinkles under my eyes. I've got bags under my eyes. Uh huh. Those crow's feet. I know. Oh, I like my laugh lines. So I'll leave those. But the bags under my eyes, Ugh. no magusta. No. Nuh-uh. No. And as the pandemic, hopefully we get this fixed and we can leave the house again. I'd look like to look a little better from a public. From a public. That's why I got Plexiderm. Now, Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags, all in the comfort of your home, which is great because we still can't leave it. That's right. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody's going to know you're wearing it. it. I really do love this. It works in minutes. You can look just 10 years younger in minutes. The results will blow you away. So get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer and in this fall in this winter. And you know what? Even when you have that mask on, it's your eyes that are smizing. We're smizing at people. <laughs> yes. And you want to have, you want to make sure your eyes look young, 10 years younger while we smize at people. <laughs> so go to try, go to triplexiderm.com and use my code voices for half off of a full size bottle of Plexiderm. Plus you're going to get additional $10 off, or you can try 1495 trial pack, which I actually love today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and just mention code voices. Again, visit triplexiderm.com and use code VOICES for a half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or you can try the $14.95 trial pack, whatever you would like. Just go in now and use code VOICES and get some Plexiderm. Go do it. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So over the last week or two, um, the number of COVID cases in 22 different states has uh, started to tick up again, where they had stabilized in some way. Well, this is the the overall story, and, and it, there's a there's much debate in and how much testing these states are doing now, how much it compares to the you know the the actual numbers of of long term infections and the like, but. The, the important thing overall is that the national number, as the high populous places go down and the low populous places go, rise in cases, the, the steady hum of sickness and death in the country remains stable over a period of time. Um, without any kind of, you know, and, and much like gravity, it, you know, unless you take action to actively bring it down or you allow situations where it actively ticks up, the stasis will remain fairly steady. And um, this week, um, there was this in the, la- in the last two weeks, there's been a 22 percent uptick in the number of, of positive cases uh, in, in several states, 22 separate states, 22 percent rise. 
uh, across them um, over the country. Um, we're averaging um, 800 to 1,000 COVID deaths a day. Um, it, is, it is down 1% in the last two weeks, which is within the margin of error. And I mean, sort of not, not enough of a tick to actually tell you from an epi- epidemiological standpoint whether or not your strategy is, is having an impact. You know, to, if you really bend the curve, you'll see it go down because you know the activities are working. If you see it tick up really hard, you know that there are failures. The hovering is the problem because and, and it has a lot to do with different standards in different places. There is a, um, you know, in the map of the places that are affected by it, one one thing that a lot of these places have in common um, besides, you know, some areas, obviously places like Idaho, parts of Utah, um, where you have low population areas that are finally getting hit and it tracks through the neighborhood quicker. There are smaller groups to test. So percentage wise of the populace, um, the, the numbers uh, match more population dense areas. Um, they're also, but however, they're, the level of people in areas like this that have comorbidities and other health concerns are also higher. And so the death rate in those areas is what keeps the, the number as high as it is. That said, one, there's a couple of places where we've seen pretty heavy spikes. Um, Florida, Georgia, um, and Wisconsin being one of the biggest breakouts of it. Also, um, Iowa and um, mainly because of, uh, you know, it's, it's connection to Minnesota. And if you'll notice, these are a lot of the places where Donald Trump has been having these gatherings. You know, Tulsa, Oklahoma had this big outbreak and, and they, you know, and it tracks the original one to his, to his rally. And then of course uh, the, the holiday weekend that followed. This is an ongoing concern. And as Donald Trump insists on having these, you know, mini Sturgis rallies uh, all around the country with total disregard for the case rate and the expansion of this. And I mean, this arguably could be called Operation Herd Immunity or Herd Mentality, I suppose, um, if you if you listen to what he calls it. But the, the spike in Wisconsin, because Trump had been to Wisconsin several times, he's very concerned about losing that state this time. And with good reason that the that essentially by going back there, having these giant gatherings and then having those people spread out. And a lot of those people that are coming to the Wisconsin rallies, the Minnesota rallies and, and the like, the areas where Trump is uh, they're afraid he's not doing well. And therefore, he needs to have a rally there. A good portion of the people who are coming to his rallies are 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 like deadheaders. They follow him around. They come from outlying states. They drive in to his Minnesota rally from North Dakota and South Dakota. And then you look at North Dakota and South Dakota and these little towns have these enormous spikes in disease over the following two weeks. Wisconsin, you know, the area around where the rallies are held, there's a spike in cases, but there's also spikes in the outlying edges of the state where the people who, you know, the the rando Trump supporters live and drove in for this thing where they could pick it up and bring it back out. This is this is an incredibly concerning thing just for the health of the populace going forward in the fall. And it's particularly striking that Trump has had this idea that there needs to be a, you know, that he mocks Biden for wearing a mask and having social distancing and 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 making sure that people are uh you know, wash their hands and keep separate and all this stuff unless they can be tested. That actively mocking this is contributing to the spread of the disease. The reality is, is that Donald Trump has been running on the idea of herd immunity from the very beginning. He, there were some 
many are right in the beginning of April and May at the lockdown in Trump's gatherings in front of, you know, where they'd have these task force briefings, which are really just weird venting psychological sessions for the president to to suggest, uh, you know, people getting, you know, re- rectal light bulb treatments to, uh, you know, turn people into a lamp to cure COVID inside them because light makes it go away. That in the process of, of doing this, what he said was there was some, you know, some people were saying, well, what happens if you just let it ride? What happens if you just let it ride? That was, you know, who said that? You know, and every time he would bring this up, he would say it in front of Fauci and Burks and and they would go, you know, they would obviously push back against it. And and he'd go, you know, somebody said, you know, what if you let it ride? But we decided we've got to have a lockdown and do all these other things because that's it's a better plan. And if we hadn't done what we did, more people would have died. This is this is Trump's uh, weird turn. So, of course, we find out through his own admission, who was the person that said, why don't we just let it ride in his cabinet? Him. He said this. He said this to Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. This was during his exchange with them in the in the weekend before he he started the lockdown. Where they cornered him, he's he's the one who brought up, why don't we just let it ride? And thankfully, at that point, he did not win that argument. He acquiesced to the scientists. We had a lockdown and cases started to go down. It worked. We bent the curve. We started to get a hold of it. But we opened up too soon. Many states had spikes. The death rate started to go up. But the president had committed to going back to his original instinct in this, which was let it ride. We're going to lose a million people, probably. But we can. I mean, they were sick or old to begin with. And, you know, we're going to lose them anyways. And they'd probably just die of the flu, really, if you think about it. He's the one who suggested uh, allowing it to roll through and create herd immunity. Never mind the fact that it would kill, you know, a million to four million people. This and and going forward, this is the strategy now. This is what this is. They're going they're all in on this. That's why you're seeing DeSantis open up Florida. This is why, you know, Texas and other red states are just throwing caution to the wind and and blowing off safety precautions. They are just counting on the idea that they can weather the storm as far as uh, people being hospitalized. They can handle the, the amount. And by the time the spike happens, that where hospitals are overflowing because you've got flu deaths and covid deaths clogging up the system. The election will be over. And this million people is, a, you know, is a natural culling of the herd. And the the putting in of Amy Coney Barrett and her scuttling of the, the the ACA and the president's view on whether or not, you know, you know, people wear a mask. If you feel it, do them, you know, but you should. I have one, but I only wear it at hospitals. Well, that just means you think other people are going to get you sick. You know, again, a selfish act as if he's capable of anything else, it seems. But, the, you know, the, there is there is one thing about the Amy Coney Barrett nomination that I find peculiar beyond all things. Insofar as her being a religious conservative on the Supreme Court and the the weird internalized hypocrisy that she will be faced with. Once she actually makes it on the court, if indeed she does. We got to take a break for the news and a couple of uh, sponsors, but we will be back right after this. I want to thank everybody for the birthday love. You guys, I was overwhelmed to to tears. It was uh, in all honesty, completely frank. It was a beautiful thing. And I appreciate you guys. Um, it was just. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a story in and of itself. Um, uh We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! 
That, you know, the happy ending is that I think we still got a couple of callers. So um, let me grab at least one more before the end of the show, even though I've been riding the the, the brakes on this. Uh, uh, who do we have, Paul? I think up, we have another one. Up next is Robert and his wife, Mrs. Robert. Oh, right on. <laughs> I called you Mrs. Robert. <laughs> hey, Al, happy birthday. Oh, hey. Hey, I got... How are you? I got to be on hold, and I got to hear a kid from Harvard. I got to hear Paul, who could teach at Harvard, and then Ike, who probably, you know, managed wrestlers or something. I don't know. Well, he could be security (laughs) at Harvard. Right. 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 He could clear the campus of... Uh, of, uh, He could clear the campus uh, campus of uh, ne'er-do-wells. Right. Go ahead. Hey, I I busted up on a a tweet that you had, you you know, about how Donald Trump was going to spin the booing of the, you know, being at the... Oh, oh. Yeah, I saw your I saw your response video. I appreciate that. That was great to see. For those of you that don't know, I tweeted out that, um, you know, we're 24 hours away from Trump saying, can you believe they booed the corpse of you know Ruth Bader Ginsburg? You know, that's just horrifying. And they were yelling, vote her out. I couldn't believe it. You know, like that because that's his kind of spin. No, 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 no. They weren't. They were not booing me. Ruth, yeah. They were saying, Ruth, 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 boo, Ruth. I called for a couple things. Uh, I'm going to let my wife talk because she's a medical doctor and she had something about herd immunity and um, and basically uh, pre-existing conditions with the, with, uh, with the COVID. And uh, I'm going to introduce you to her. Her name is Mary Ann and she's beautiful and this is her first time. Go easy. Aw, uh, Hi. Oh, isn't that sweet? I, well, hi, Hal. How are you? I'm um, spectacular, it's thanks. Hard to get a word in. It's hard yeah, to get a ahead. word in otherwise when, when you're married to Robert. But um, <laughs> um, So I find it very interesting that the same people who are pushing herd immunity are also the same people who are trying to get rid of Obamacare and obviously mm-hmm. the pre-existing uh, clauses. Um, mm-hmm. So, they, you know, they basically want 90% of people in America to get this and become uninsured. And obviously that's going to help large companies and, you know, not have to pay benefits and all of that. But, you know, eventually it's going to hurt the insurance company. If, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm an average American person and I, why would I buy health insurance if everything, you know, in the future is going to be not covered? You know, we're going to end right. up going back to a barter system and paying with chicken and eggs. And, uh, right. Which is kind of, I think, what they shoot for, by the way. Um, they have this idea that the future would be a lot better for them if it was more like a cross between the Old West and Thunderdome. Because, like I said, I don't believe that Trump and his, Trump and his supporters are Christians. I believe that they are Darwinists who have, who, uh, who have um, delusions of fitness. And they believe somehow yeah. they're not going to be the ones that will get this or die or have accidents and need medical care. And it's other people that that happens to. When, when in reality, they are probably the weakest links themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And their gene pool wouldn't have been populated or uh, continued if it hadn't been for their, you know, just being lucky to be born into, you know, richness and oh, yeah. poverty. They're yeah. all they're but all you know, lucky. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. That's right. But the other unspoken thing here, you know, is that they're pushing for people not to get COVID testing. As Robert said, I work in healthcare. Every day I have conversations with patients and they're like, I probably have this virus. I'm, my symptoms are mild. Um, if I get tested, one, I'm going to have to quarantine for 14 days and miss work. And two, now I'm afraid that it'll be a pre-existing illness and I won't get healthcare right. in the future. And so right. not so subtly, they're squashing the numbers. Less people are going to mm-hmm. want to get tested. Um, yeah. And it's very sinister because, you know, we know that we need to do testing to control it. But they really don't care. Yes. They're just, you can also um, notice that the positivity, yeah, the positivity rate is going up in a bunch of states. You know, it's, it's like at 14 percent, I think, in a couple of states. The, po- is the, yeah. the more you test and the more you, you the broader your testing goes you get a lower positivity rate because you're, you know, most people don't have it. And so you'll bring that number down. The the rise in the positivity rate means that there's an increase in testing people only if they're showing symptoms, only if they're sick. And, and what that does is a, it catches it too late and it doesn't catch the asymptomatic spread in the rest of the state. And it, 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 it artificially lowers the, you know, the numbers while they argue that, you know, testing, he's going, the more testing, the more cases we have. Well, the opposite is true. 
um, in this case that's is that true. they're only testing the people who are sick. Therefore, that's and that positivity rate should be less than 10 percent if they're testing properly, if not less than 5 percent as you drive it down. Right. That's exactly correct. We like at our workplace, we, we measure our positivity rate on a weekly basis. And if mm-hmm. we're not below 10 percent, we're not testing enough people. And that's exactly the, you know, it's the statistics, the denominator factor. Exactly. That's right. That's um, right. I have one last uh, point to make, you know, and um, our president likes to project, as we know. Uh, so every time he's blame somebody else, we know he's guilty of something. This is something that the media, I, you know, has really made a big deal out of. We know that he knew about coronavirus and how poor, um, how poorly we were going to do in January. Um, you know, those senators or Congress people who took all their money out of the stock market, they were informed in January. Um, mm-hmm. He confessed to right. it on the Woodward tape. In February, he, quote, sold or gave, you know, altruistically to China and South Korea all of our um, closets full of uh, PPE. PPE, and right. So, he emptied the yeah, he emptied the cupboards, as it were. Yeah. He emptied the cupboards for a quick buck. And he actually, I remember seeing him on TV being, you know, kind of, you know, proudful of the fact that I just made America some money for off the Chinese. I sold it to him. So then comes March, and now the endem- a pandemic is real, and his advisors are telling him, you know, you're in trouble. So then he pressures the CDC to say masks are not important because mm-hmm. how can he go to the American public and say, this is real. The only thing we can do is uh, to fight this is social distancing and wearing masks. And oh, by the way, I sold the mask to the Chinese. And right. so no one put all those three things together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, so um, that's why they push for herd immunity, you know, and, uh, and we've seen how yeah. that's done. Everybody. Right, exactly, and we know we know for a fact that there is the that statistically, uh, like Rand Paul literally said in in the the committee hearing they had with Fauci and the heads of the CDC and NIH, you know, Dr. Hahn and 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 oh. Renfield, <laughs> um, when <clears throat> Rand Paul brought this idea up that we he said literally we know that lockdowns um, only prevent the. Uh, the hospitals from being overwhelmed, but they don't lower the number of people infected who will die of the disease that remains stable, which is a complete lie. I mean, it's a flat out. It's an intentional misreading of the statistics, but it's it's cartoonishly ignorant that, of course, if you slow the spread down over the course of a year and people who eventually get it after a treatment is available or after or exposed to it after a vaccine comes up, aren't going to die, that you absolutely do save those lives. Um, but secondly, this idea that um, the you know, that they that Sweden, because they went for herd immunity, um, you know, had a lower death rate, say, than the United States, for example. Well, that's because our death rate is horrifying and our, we have a broader populace. But they also compared to the other states just like them in the surrounding area, which has a lot more to do with what the infection rate does to that particular group of people, what their you know genetic predispositions and comorbidities are like. Because I got news for every American. The Swedish people in general are far more fit than we are and have a much better diet and, and a better ongoing uh, health care system that would lower the death rate overall beyond the fact that, you know, w- whatever their herd immunity argument would be. Um but, and I want to thank you for calling in. We're at, we're at the end of the show. Um, the crucial point on this, though, is wear a mask, wash your hands, and uh, and avoid public gatherings if you don't have to until such time as there's a vaccine or a um, available uh, track and trace program where uh, you can protect yourself. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, and, Robert, thank you for letting her speak finally and just shutting the F up occasionally for her because she, she made great points. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in to the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're here every Saturday, 9 to 11 Pacific Time, 11 to 1 Central Time on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Um, and we stream at twitch.tv slash Sparks. Thank you for joining us. Become a Patreon supporter if you can. It was my birthday, so that could be a birthday gift, uh, belated. There you go. Anyways, thanks so much. Stick around for Dick K. Did you know that a large percentage of the face masks sold on the market today are fraudulent? Many of them claim to have levels of filtration they don't meet, or worse, have literally no filtration at all. 
a very small number of manufacturers have respirator face mask models that are tested in the U.S. by the NPPTL and authorized by the FDA. Buying a mask model that has been FDA authorized is the best way to ensure you and your family are getting true respirator masks. These masks filter to greater than 95% efficiency, and they can be reworn, making them a perfect choice, as wearing masks is one of the key things we can do to keep ourselves and our neighbors safe. Right now, the New Deal Shop com has FDA authorized KN95 respirator masks with the anti-fake stickers on every single package. These respirator masks are in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free for our listeners by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. You can even get 10% off the clean phone UV sanitizer for just buying these FDA authorized masks. Go to the NewDealShop.com and now get verified, authenticated, FDA-authorized KN95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's the NewDealShop.com, the NewDealShop.com, code SEXYLIBERAL.